Okay, um, the recording can start. I get my paper going here. Uh, good morning, uh, and welcome to O-Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F. I'm a com- recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is September 17, 2019. We're reading from the big book, and we're at uh, page 55, the first paragraph, it begins, yet we have been seeing, and uh, today's readers are um, the, the today's readers are Martha Z, um, Lisa B, and Aaron I. Uh, the steps are gonna is gonna be Aaron, and the twelve traditions will be uh, Stacy T. Um, the reference numbers for yesterday for the 7 o'clock Eastern Time meeting is 13,402, and for the 9 o'clock Eastern was 13,404. Um, OA's preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I'm now going to ask Aaron I to read the uh, 12 steps. Star one, Aaron. Aaron, did we lose you? Am I being heard? You are, Craig. I can do that. Did you hear any of the steps? This is Aaron. Aaron? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Should I start over? Yes, please. Okay. This is Aaron I, recovered compulsive overeater from upstate New York, and Uh these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Okay, thank you very much, Erin. All right, next uh, we ask Stacy T to read the twelve traditions. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for your service, Stacy T. In Cleveland, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you. Um, doing service. Our meeting uh, focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We, we read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does remind that you remind us that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study on page 55, the top of the page, the first paragraph that says, this begins, yet we have been seen. I'm now going to ask Martha Z to start us in. Martha. Uh, good morning, Craig. Thank you for your very faithful service. This is Martha Z, compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. 
Yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world. People who rose above their problems, they said God made these things possible, and we only smiled. We'd seen spiritual release, but we liked to tell ourselves it wasn't true. Uh, Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, We'd been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world. People who rose above their problems, they said God made these things possible. So uh, when I was young, I believed in God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And I lived next door to the church and went to church every Sunday. But it was a social thing. I liked being in the youth group. So I am almost ashamed to say that I really didn't think or ponder about God or spiritual matters at all. I really thought that my life was perfect except this food problem. And um, that really wasn't true. I was in a lot of denial. Um, I struggled for 19 years with my disease of food addiction. And then I became willing to consider spiritual liberation and release because my disease really beat me into a state of reasonableness. I was, when I was reading, looking at that, I was noticing that reason was the root of this word. Um, so this reading makes me think of the passage on page 68, which says, We're in the world to play the role he assigns, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. So I've been gratefully living in recovery for over 30 and a half years. And when I first began my journey, I thought that if I was trying to do God's will, that nothing bad would ever happen. And I'm sorry to say that's not the case. It's not my experience. So in a 10-year period, four people in my family died, and two of them, four people had cancer, and two of them died. And um, God, my higher power, was there to help me match calamity with serenity. And food did not come in as an option to solve these problems. The grace of God and my friends in recovery helped me to deal with all these hardships. Where recently, uh, my mom had a stroke two years ago. And I think I'm playing the role he's assigned and I'm coordinating her care. Gratefully, food is not the answer. And I've humbly relied on God. He's enabled me to match this calamity with serenity for the most part. So I heard on this line that the problem is our thinking, not our feelings or our circumstances. So I'm trying to stay in fit spiritual conditions so that my thinking is right. I see people rising above their problems daily on this line and in my face-to-face meetings with the people who are living in recovery. What a miracle to see and experience the true power. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you, Martha. Okay. Now we're going to take... uh, pitches from people, uh, three-minute pitches. So who would like to share on this paragraph? Irene. Well, I didn't get one name out of that. Lexi L. Loretta Abby. Did you hear? Deborah V. Deborah V. Ruthie. Loretta A. I got Maria. Barbara E. Irene Barb- Deborah V. Loretta Abby S. All right, here's who I have. Uh, um, I have uh, Alexi, uh, Loretta, uh, Maria, Ruth, or Ruthie, uh, Barbara, and Deborah. Um, so uh, let's go with those six. Uh, um, Lexi, was there? A, there was a Lexi, I think. 
Yes, hi, Lexi L. from Massachusetts. Did you get get Irene B.? Irene, I'll get you on the next run. Go ahead, Lexi. Er. Lexi, I can't hear you. You got muted. Uh, hello? Lexi? Yeah, hi. Hi, go ahead. Hi, I'm Lexi L. from Massachusetts, and um, mm-hmm. spiritual life is beginning to mean more and more to me. I'm new to recovery, and mm-hmm. um, I uh, this is hard to admit, and it's the first time I've really mentioned it. I, um, I'm just coming off a four-day relapse, and I... I didn't turn to God. I I treated it like a diet again. And um, I don't do that all the time. Usually I I try to, I access my higher power and uh, I try to use the steps and so on. My my, uh, sponsor, whom I I invested a lot in emotionally, um, just told me that we aren't a good match, and um, um, I, I met that. I did not meet that with um, turning to God, unfortunately. And uh, when I hear about what other people keep their serenity through, the sickness and death of loved ones, I feel so embarrassed and, and ashamed. I, I couldn't meet that with serenity, but I know that abstinence is a very powerful form of prayer. It's one of the ways I pray, that and the other tools. Um, and I didn't, I didn't turn to, I didn't turn to God this time. I turned to the food, and with predictable results. So I, um, I'm, I'm picking up the pieces again and uh, using the tools and looking for a sponsor and uh, trying not to feel shame, you know, because shame is so destructive. Um, and uh, my first step this morning was tuning into your, your program, A Vision for You, which my sponsor told me about, and I'm very grateful to her for that. So thank you all for being here. It, it's such a privilege to talk to you. And um, keep coming back. Thank you. I'll pass. All right. Thanks, Lexi. All right. Next, we have Loretta. Loretta? Hi. This is Loretta H. Thank you for hearing me, and everybody, thank you for your healing words and always helping me through my day for today. This is Loretta H. I do live in Raleigh. Uh, anorexic, compulsive overeater, grace with God's abstinence for today. And I always share that my abstinence is spiritual and spiritual liberation, you know, it's, it's the steps and everything. But this morning I read um, two pages of the big book every day and then start the big book over again. Somebody shared about that. So I've been doing that as an exercise for about a year now. And today I was on uh, 158 in the Vision for You. 
and it said um, when he found God, he found himself. And that's kind of what I feel about this program. When I finally, I was an agnostic, when I finally, finally found a power bigger than me because I was my self-sufficient self for 54 years and destroyed everything I had almost. And with God's grace today, I have this really great life. And as other people have shared, I've gone through in the process of recovery, I've gone through a suicide, death, illnesses, everything. And the only thing I can do is stay with God's power because mine didn't work. And I tried everything. And with God's grace today, I do have... um, 18 plus years of recovery and it's been a, a joy ride and also a uh, experience to realize that what is is what is and if I don't eat over it everything's going to be okay like my sponsor told me on 9-11 if I didn't eat over that day nothing would you know nothing would um, be you know it would be as a, a beautiful journey so anyway End of thank you and thank you everybody for just always gracing me with a lot of um, inspiration and um, spirituality. Have a great day. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you, Loretta. Okay. Uh, I remind everybody that we're uh, uh, sharing on the paragraph on the top of page 55, the first paragraph, yet we had been seeing. Uh, next up is Maria. Hi there. Good morning, Craig. My name is Maria F. and I'm calling in from Dublin in Ireland. I'm very grateful to be on the line this morning. And thank you, everybody, um, for being here. And and thanks, Craig, for the service. Yeah, I love this paragraph. Yeah, they said that God made these things possible and we only smiled. Yeah, and I can really identify with that. You know, I was raised in an Irish family, an Irish Catholic family. I went to a Catholic school. So the idea of God was all around me, you know, and while the idea was there, I didn't have a relationship with God, you know, and I, I would have learned at a very young age, you know, I was taught that, you know, you prayed, you went to God when, when the things got rough, you asked God for help, and um, that he would make things possible, you know, and, uh, and that's what I did, I'd go, I'd pray to God, I'd ask for help, and I'd go with the script written. You know, I'd have the script, God, do it this way. I want you to do it this way. I want the answer to be this, you know. And then I'd become disillusioned when, when God didn't follow the script and he didn't do things my way. Um, so while I had, a, I, had a, I had an idea of God, I certainly wasn't relying on God. And I, I you know, in my early 20s, I, I gave up on God. And I, I started to, as it says in the book, you know, worship other things. You know, and, and I'd worship things like other people, material things. I worshipped work. And, of course, you know, like everybody on the line, I worshipped food. And food became my master. You know, and I, I didn't know the time. When I came into um, Overeaters Anonymous, I didn't know that lack of power was my dilemma. I didn't know that. I thought my problem was food. I honestly thought my problem was food. And I was constantly trying to just exert power and power and control over the food. Um, and, and I didn't know why that, 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 you know, my main problem centered in my mind. Um, yeah, and I heard 
And I came into OA three times, and on the third time, I really heard the message when I heard, you know, that what I needed was, you know, willingness, honesty, and to have an open mind. And, and I also heard that, you know, if I took action and I worked these steps, like my life depended on it, that um, I develop a power with, with, with God, that, you know, that that power would be what would restore me to sanity. Um, yeah, and, and working like my life depends on it, and that's how I work it today. I work it today absolutely like my life depends on it. And today, thank God, I have a relationship with my higher power that I choose to God, call God. Um, and that's the most important thing in my life today. God has to come first. Um, and God does for me today what I cannot do for myself, you know. Um, and for me, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. You know, there is no middle-of-the-road solution. I'm either immersed in these steps or, you know, it won't be long before I'll be immersed in the food. Um, I, and I'll just finish on this, you know, something I read this morning, you know, that, that God comes to all who seek him, you know, and God just wants a desire for me to seek him. So, yeah, with that, I'll pass, and thank you, Craig. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Next up, we have Ruth, and that will be followed by Barbara E. Ruth? Ruth A., star one to unmute. Not working. Ruth? Maybe we lost Ruth. Well, let's come back to her. Barbara, can you go ahead and go? Sure, be glad to. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, I was powerless over so many things. The direction my children's lives would take, the weather, the aging process, my diminishing finances, and certainly my extreme addiction to compulsive overeaters Eating for 50 years, I could not, not stop from going back to these destructive food and negative behaviors that were killing me. I was to- told only God and a 12-step program, sorry, that's not me in the background, spiritual program could save me. I doubted that. How could that be true? But for some reason, I hung around anyway and listened. And slowly, ever so slowly, I began to believe what I heard, that this unknown power source of my no understanding would battle the addict in me on my behalf. But there was a clause built into the deal. I'd have to do all the work I was told to do, not just some of it or half-heartedly, and then pass on my experience and what I'd learned to others putting down my fear of not being good enough, being humble enough to know that their recovery was not up to me, but but smart enough to ask an opinion on a particularly thorny problem. The program turned out to be my big G's gift to me and enables me to live a more principled life and to serve when it's convenient and even when it's not convenient. It is the agreement I made when I entered into this partnership with Big G to be more Big G-centered and less Barbara-centered. 
to let go and let Big G change me. Spiritual recovery was possible. Who knew? A real shocker for a doubter like me. I've been recovered now for two decades. I allowed Big G to enter my heart to seek and trust that Big G is quietly orchestrating people, events, and circumstances for my greatest good and fulfillment, a source of strength, serenity, peace, and comfort in rough seas. My higher power, Big G, is my most trusted teacher, my mentor, my friend, and source of strength, providing comfort, trust, My big G is a quiet, steady force in my minute-to-minute life, providing the light, calm in in the midst of calamity. My big G is my partner, my companion, and with me always. Thank you so much. I pass. All right. Thanks, Barbara. Ruth, did you get back in? Are you um, on there, on to share? Unfortunately, I think we lost Ruth. I know several people having trouble getting in this morning. Um, Okay, Uh, Deborah, um, I didn't get your last initial. If you'd give it to us and share. Hi, it's Deborah V, as in Victoria, um, from New Jersey, compulsive overeater. Good Good morning. It's interesting. It's interesting to me that. For so long, I thought that I had a problem with food, and I struggled so with trying to control it, trying to figure out what I could do to make it better. And what I learned over time was that I just had this huge hole, and it was a spiritual hole, and that only um, a higher power could help cure what was ailing me. And I came in here with probably very similar thinking as many of you, that I wanted to lose weight or I wanted to understand what was happening to me. And what I realized was this, that this hole really needed to be filled by my God and I needed to enlarge my spiritual life. And um, once I really took hold of the fact that lack of power was my dilemma as it's so Um, succinctly says in the book, um, it really changed things for me. Uh, I've read this paragraph many, many times um, over the years and really really lacked a a level of understanding of what it actually meant. And, you know, I've heard this in the rooms before, but I just had to crawl to God, and he ran to me and and saved me um, (laughs) from this sort of um, lack of um, or my willingness to want ease and comfort from things that were not from a power. Um, and that stopping, uh, stopping eating and, and, and eating um, my unsober foods was really the beginning. I cannot tell you how long I thought that when I stopped eating my sober foods that it was the end and not the beginning. Um, and, you know, this sense of, you know, in, in, the, in the paragraph where it says, you know, we've met um, serenity with calamity or something along those lines, um, 
I I I don't pray anymore for things or, you know, sort of my Santa Claus list. Every day I have a very simple prayer, and I hope it helps you as well, which is, God, what can I do for you today? What can I do for you? And how can I um, make the world that I live in a better place? And I know that when I pray that prayer, that um, in turn I help myself by putting down my substances and getting on this line and just doing the next right thing. So with that, I pass, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Deborah. Irene, um, are you still on? Would you like to share? Irene I am. B. I am. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. I am Irene B., uh, very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, this chapter, I, I, I don't get tired of saying how much I love it. I, it has to, you know, it deals with the main things, the reasoning and the power, uh, the reason and the logic, the problem, the solution. And for me, I thought that my thinking, well, I still think, I know, that my thinking is my problem. And, you know, knowing what the problem is doesn't give me the solution. And I know that the solution is in God. And knowing that the solution is God doesn't give me the solution. I've been looking for God because I've known that he's the solution somehow, but I didn't know how. And what's happening now, I love my sponsor. Long story short, she once told me, He gave me a visual of what it looked like to be seen through God's eyes. That, for me, was life-changing and revolutionary because what I yearn most on this earth at the prehistoric brain level is unconditional love. So... I learned to reject myself because I'm not okay, and the reason I'm not okay is uh, I can tell because, you know, I, I disappoint people. People don't like me. People don't approve of me. So, therefore, there must be something really, really wrong with me. So I learned to hate myself, and I didn't know this until very recently, but knowing about it didn't do me any good. I needed the power of God, which really is the power of love. That's the real power, the power of love, grace, understanding, not being judgmental, all those wonderful things that make life comforting and, 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 and makes burdens easier to carry. And I am so thankful to this program that the spiritual experience for me is to know that God didn't reject me, that God's been there for me all along. I just didn't know it because my perception was messed up. And 
I know now that I go through life always with a sense of fear in everything I do, and the fear is the fear of rejection. And I thought I had no fear, and now I know that I have fear, but what does that knowledge do for me? It doesn't do squat. What can heal that? It's the power of love for me, the power of acceptance, the power of God. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, I used to not know how I felt, so clarity has, has been a real problem for me because with the bulimia, I totally numbed myself. And, General reminder. Okay, so I'll just say that to know that I'm so sensitive and people w- will never know it, people would never know it by looking at me and interacting with me. But God knows it, and he's there for me now, and I am accessing him, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene. Okay, now we're going to open the floor back up for more names. I remind you that if you've shared in the last couple days that uh, we're trying to encourage a variety of voices on here. Who else would like to share? Hi, from Boston. Kaylee R. from Colorado. All right. I've got Kaylee and Katie. Des Hi, M. from California. Des, D-E-Z? Yes. Mm-hmm. I missed somebody. On M. On, okay. Yeah. I've got Kaylee, Katie, Des, and On. Who else? Anita B. Okay, Anita. All right, well, let's just go with those four. Remind everybody we're on the top of page 55, the first paragraph in the big book. Uh, Kaylee, take us away. Hi, Craig. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, um, Team Tuesday, for making this meeting happen. I'm really grateful to be able to be on the line this morning. Um, I just wanted to shout out to the newcomers or the people who are struggling with the word God because as amazing as God is and God is how I got recovered in the beginning of this program, I was terrified of the word God and terrified that everyone was talking about how God was the solution and I never had a God in my life before, before this program. And so I just wanted to say to the newcomers out there that If you can just believe in anything bigger than yourself, I believed in the universe at first until I found my higher power. And if you can just believe in something to get you started on this journey and to trust in something bigger than you, you're no longer in control, that something bigger than you is in control. That's what helped me get abstinent and finally be able to stop compulsively overeating. I'm so sorry. I'm Kaylee R. from Colorado, recovered compulsive overeater. I didn't say that. but, yeah, I just really wanted to shout out to the newcomers because everybody's really been talking about how great God is and, and and what God's been able to do for them. But I know that I really struggled with that term in the beginning, and so I just wanted to wanted to share that with everyone this morning, that that it's okay if you don't have your version of God yet and and you can find one. Just believe in something that's greater than you, even if it has to be this phone line or it's the universe or it's you know, the stars in the sky, just anything. 
Um, and I'm really, really grateful for all the fellows on this line who've helped me along the way. I just, um, with, by the grace of God, got a year of, of, uh, abstinence and been recovered today because of the people on this phone line who have been there for me and because of my higher power that I developed through this program. And, um, I want to pass with that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kaylee. All right, Katie G from Boston, you're you're up. Did I mess that up? Wasn't that you, Katie? It is. I was talking away, double muted. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. <laughs> I am my own worst enemy all for the time. Uh, Katie D recovers in Boston. So this is why I love this book, Agnostics, this chapter. So it's saying, and that's not the banging, that's not banging at my house. Um, we have seen a spiritual release, but I uh, like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. So for me, I'm like, why is it saying this? Why am I? Why is it saying I like to tell myself it wasn't true? Because I, I'm terminally unique. Because I'm in self pity. Because I'm always counting myself out and saying that banging is still not in my house. Um, that yeah, you guys are liberated. Yeah, you guys have this great message. But what about me? It's not true. It's not true, right? And yet. And yet, and the next paragraph, sorry, spoiler alert, is going to tell us, guess what, Katie? You're fooling yourself. Deep down in you is God. Deep down in all these people is God. And you have had faith. We showed you, Katie. We showed you how you had faith in, uh, in food. We showed you how you had faith in men and money and all these things. It's possible for you. And that's what agnostics does for me is it says, Katie, we're going to meet you where you are. The steps are going to meet you where you are. And um, I love this idea that um, spiritual liberation, like to be liberated is the opposite of being enslaved. And where am I enslaved today? Where am I enslaved around the food? Where am I enslaved around, I mean, thank you, God, I'm not today. Where am I enslaved around my thinking, right? Because deep down is God, and there's one thing that's going to block that, food, of course, and worship of outside things and my thinking. The main problem is in my thinking. My sponsor used to tell me, you have a thought, run the other way. Run the other way. Your main problem is in your thinking. And I just want to say, like, what gives me strength in the morning throughout the day is to hear people's testimony, right? It's amazing. We can hear their testimony. We can say, oh, my gosh, so-and-so did that. So-and-so did that. You mean it's possible for me, too? Right, but we gotta do the work. We gotta do the work. This isn't enough. You can come to a million meetings and I will still be blocked. You know, in a state of, of recovered abstinence, I was blocked. I was engaging in exercise bulimia. I was worshiping at the altar of my body and thinking, well, I look really darn good. Husband or whoever he was, boyfriend won't leave me. And now I got God and I'm recovered. And this is all this external stuff. Well, guess what? I wasn't doing the work. I was slowly unraveling 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 through the calamity, through the pop through worshiping other things. But I'm here to tell you, I too, thank God, have a spiritual liberation. The spiritual liberation is possible for all of us. And not just this one hour on this meeting. It is up to 
me to show up to do the work, to uncover, discover, and discard. Everything isn't me. That isn't me. So why? So I can get deep down to God, and I need to continue each and every day. With that, I pass. All right. Thank you. All right. Des M., you're up. Hi, this is Des M. from California, Recovery Compulsive Reader. Can I be heard? Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much, Craig, for your service and um, Team Tuesday. And I'm really grateful to be on the line on the East Coast this morning. Um, man, this chapter and this paragraph, uh, so much. Um, I, too, was struck by like, the last part of the sentence. We had seen spiritual release but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. And for me, that just um, speaks to the obsession, the mental obsession. You know, I've seen spiritual release. I've seen miracles, not only in my life from being recovered, but in others' lives, just insane things, you know, like shooting stars, the sunset yesterday, like I dropped, um, you know, like a a human body weight and weight in this program. Um, And just all of the miracles, but the biggest miracle and like we're talk or talking about it's a liberation in mind. And like, for me, it's just a 24 hour a day thing. And, you know, just for today, like I get to, you know, I've done my 11th step and I just get to do this stuff to just keep bringing me out of that obsession. And that's what these steps do. And before when I, what I would do is when I had a feeling that like, a fear, usually a fear of like, well, what is life or just any forms of the hundred thousand, you know, hundred forms of fear. Um, I would just ruminate on it. Like I heard earlier, knowledge of fear didn't do anything for me. Right. And like knowledge of the solution doesn't do anything for me. But if I give it to God and I turn it over and I do a step 10, then somehow miraculously the fear is lifted. And once I, you know, um, or get out of self and like talk to another, just getting out of self and not in that self-possession is just wild and crazy. And like, that's the true ease and comfort. Like I relapsed at this same body weight, this same physical appearance. Like I had the same things, but my ease and comfort was based on my power. Like I thought that I was, I was living agnostically again, knowing there was a power greater than myself, but living in the belief that I had to do it again, that I had to figure out these fears. I had to figure out these relationships. And luckily today I can sit here in this beautiful space that I live in and on this line with these beautiful people with a solution and, um, <laughs> um, and uh, just know that like, I am not my greater power and just pray to carry that throughout my day. I'm really grateful to be able to share it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Des. Uh, I'd ask everybody to be sure you're muted. Somebody was uh, coughing uh, there in the middle of Des's share. So for everybody's sake, check your line. Make sure you're unmuted or you're muted. Um, next up, we have On M, and that'll be followed by Anita B. On. Hi, Craig. This is Anne here from Ireland. Thanks for your service, and thanks, everyone, for being on the line. And thanks, everybody, in vision. Um, yeah, I love this paragraph. And I've read this chapter before, and it's like I never read it, you know, when we go through these uh, these individual paragraphs. It's so nice. It's so pure. Um, yeah, the part spiritual liberation, like everybody else shared, you know, it's spiritual freedom. Um, and that's what the steps have given me, you know, they've unblocked me from my, ha- from, um, I was blocked off from a higher power. I always had one. Um, 
and obviously I was blocked and I needed the steps to unblock and that's what the steps gave me on a daily basis. Um, and then I guess what it says, you know, people rose above their problems and I did when I became unblocked, I got I got uh, I got freedom, neutrality around the food and freedom around, you know, it's the liberation of the soul as well. Um it's like a book untethered soul. It is that part where my my spirit is free. Um, and connected with my higher self, which is my higher power. Um, and God made these things possible. You know, it's the part in the book where it says, you know, God will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And we smiled. Yeah, of course we smiled. We're getting all the all the fruits of, of, of recovery and freedom. Um, yeah, and we have seen we have seen spiritual release and that's what we get through the book. You know, that's the spiritual awakening, that's the spiritual experience and that's you know, that's the pot of gold at the end of the at the end of the rainbow for me. Uh, but it has to be work like that is shared, you know, the other shares have have uh, spoke, you know, it has to be worked on a daily basis, twenty four hours has to work in and through us. Um, and I'm very grateful and thanks for your service and thanks everybody for being on the line. Thanks for everybody who shared. And I with that I pass. Okay, on, thank you. Next we have Anita B and then we'll Take a couple more names. Anita? Good morning. Thank you so much. Anita B. here from New Jersey. Um, really, really not wanting to share. Really don't want to say out loud or put out there that, um, you know, I love control and I love to rest on my laurels apparently because I'm back there again with the bites, licks, and tastes, you know, the compulsive behaviors of tasting things before they're, you know, all the way cooked or on my plate. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for their shares. And, um, you know, I feel like someone shared about the newcomer. Um, I'm not a newcomer. I'm an old comer. And uh, I still am doing newcomer things. And I'm uh, mad at myself. Um, And need to figure out how to reach this power greater than myself that will help me rise above my problems and help me to not rely on myself or fall back there when I think I've got this. So um, I just really wanted to say that out loud uh, so that I can recover and continue on this journey because it has done great things for me. Uh, so I don't know why I keep thinking more great things won't happen, and I keep thinking this is it, I've arrived. Um, so thanks for listening and being there for me every morning, no matter what's going on with me, if I'm abstinent or not. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Okay, Anita, thank you. All right, we're going to open the floor back up. Um, we have about eight or nine minutes, so two or three Shares depending on how quick people are. Who, who else would like to share on this paragraph on the top of page 55? Chuck K. That's your check. Melissa C. Melissa C. Dina R. Dina. Okay. That's probably all we're going to get in. So go ahead, Chuck. Take it away. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck from Georgia. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, so I'd like to jump on the God bandwagon 
and I'm one of those that came up with a religion. And what I learned through program is I was agnostic in application. In other words, I believed in God, but I wasn't prepared to to turn to God with everything. And maybe to an extent I'm that way now, which is fine because I'm learning. And so many times when I hear people talk, many people are talking about being ashamed of being in relapse and they've not done, you know, they've not done things just so. And what I think about is, you know, that's really all of us. I don't know that there'd be very many people if we raised our hands that said, well, I've never been in relapse in program. And I don't know that it's really that important. I think uh, being abstinent is very important, so I'm not saying that. But what I think of is it's a part of my journey. And God's going to get me the way God's going to get me, one way or the other. But God is not going to force anything on me. And I think that's the wonderful thing about God. He's given us a free will. Um, we are to choose our own path. And it reminds me of a story I'll tell about my son, because that's really the only way I can understand things at a deep level. I'll teach my son how to tie a shoe, and sometimes I'll have to force him to, to do the knots. He don't want to do it. It's hard for him. He'll cry. Um, his grandparents bought him some Velcro shoes. We had to get rid of those because he's got to learn that skill. He needs to learn that skill. In his mind, he thinks we're being ugly to him. But we know we're doing this out of love because we see things that he can't see. We know things that he doesn't know. We know we can't be there for the rest of his life. He's got to learn the skill. And I think that's why the way God looks at us. God sees things that we cannot see, and he knows things that we don't know. We can't see them, and we can't know them because we can't get past ourselves and all the things that we want. And I'll just say that I can see God working in my life and the fact that I'm going through something pretty stressful right now. And my prayer is no longer that things turn out a certain way. My prayer is simply what the steps tell me. Lord, let your plan develop in my life, whatever that is. Let me be willing to go along with your plan. Let me ask for your will. Let me do for your will. And I think that's what makes God smile. I think that's when God says, he's finally getting it. No longer is the foxhole prayer asking for what Chuck wants. So I think if we let program work in our lives and we're consistent enough with it, we'll get the recovery we want, not only the physical, but the emotional and the, uh, and the spiritual as well, the spiritual coming Definitely. first. And I'll just close with that. And the last thing I'd, I'd like to say is I love the, the, the comment that people make sometimes that when we turn to God, he will run to us. I, I love that phrase. So thank you for letting me share. All right, thanks, Chuck. Okay, we've got about four minutes, so Melissa and, and Dina, if you could take two minutes apiece, uh, we'd appreciate it. Melissa C. Hi, thanks so much. Good morning. I'll um, look at my timer then. Um, yes, yeah, Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and you know, I think like when I read this paragraph and I hear like, um, you know, we see people or hear people who had spiritual liberation, who, you know, who are living free and they're not um, giving themselves credit for their freedom, but they're, you know, their higher power. And I, and yeah, I kind of rolled my eyes at that. You know, the first million times I walked into meetings, I thought, um, 
that's a load of crap. Like, I just couldn't believe it. You know, and um, and so how do we convince people? You know, because um, if if you're not seeing that this is the truth, you know, like, what's what's our role here as people who, you know, who have had this experience? And um, I love, like, you know, the reminder that I hear here that if you have to preach the message, you know, it's it's through your demonstration. And so, you know, what really convinced me was when I came in and out of those meetings for years, and I did, and there were certain people that were still there, <laughs> that were still doing the thing, that still looked, in my eyes, recovered. Because, you know, I couldn't hear a message of recovery from people who didn't look recovered. I mean, that's that's the truth, that I'm shallow, you know, and if people were um, obese and speaking God's praise, I couldn't really hear them, you know, but the people that consistently looked healthy to me, that sounded healthy, um, and, and that shouted the praise of God, though, those, those were the people whose words I could hear, and thank God for those people, for those of you that are still here doing this, and with that, I'll pass. Okay, thanks, Melissa. All right, Dina R., you finish us up here. Hi, this is Dina R. from New York. Um, This is amazing for me to just, uh, this meeting and just thinking about, um, where was it, the piece here where it said, uh, rise, people who rose above their problems. I I remember learning in... um, within my religion and my culture, this this kind of approach, and it didn't make sense to me, and I couldn't understand. I would hear it and say, it sounds lovely, but what does that mean? How do you do that? And for the first time, I'm able to grasp this as I'm doing the program in vision. I've, I've done other steps, uh, 12-step recovery. I'm, I'm in that, but it's and I and I felt the miracles there too. But when I came into vision, my emotions were completely shattered. I was an absolute victim to them. And that's my kitty cat here in the background. Um, and what I've found is that as I work the steps in the big book, as I do the things that I'm taught in vision, uh, not just making my amends, my living amends to people, and and then. The, the step 10s that I do and step 11s. And then I really do feel like I'm rising above my problems on the days when I'm really consciously doing my work, talking to God, the days that I'm rushing through, there's a difference. I don't feel I'm rising above them. At that point, that's where I get sucked in. That's where I feel like I, it, God's not there. It's just me. And fear comes back. Um I, and what's, it's so interesting to look back and see how things that I was trying to figure out desperately over weeks and months, something happens and say, oh, it was meant to go through that process. And then there's other things where I'm like, can I just know? The answer is no. I'm just not going to know. And maybe it's not my way. And But if I keep working this, I get through it. And the difference that that makes in the lightness that I feel when I do it is truly miraculous uh so if you're struggling just if you don't have your own higher power just borrow one from someone else like someone had said anything that's bigger than you just something anything just for the meanwhile until you can get yourself working your program with someone's help because if this can happen to me it can happen for anyone 
Thank you, and I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Dina. You're going to be our last share for the day. Uh, thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting uh, this morning is 13407, 13,407. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will um, uh, Lisa B., I'm pretty sure that's who it is, Will Lisa B., please read uh, from A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Good morning, Craig. Thank you so much for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.